Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hey there, faithful listeners. Welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. I'm sure some of you remember the interview that I did with my friend Jeff a couple weeks ago that I put on YouTube. I know a lot of you guys listened to it and gained value from it. And uh, I'm very sad to announce that Jeff actually passed away in his sleep this morning. It was very shocking and it's very sad. And if you could keep his wife and his family, his kids in your prayers, that would be very appreciated. He's going to be greatly missed. Um, today we're going to be reading 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 14. And I'm going to be talking about a couple of verses that I actually talked about the other day, because I'd like to go a little bit more in depth with them, specifically talking about the introduction of David. So let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and read this out of the W.E.B. or the version that you prefer to read out of. Once again, this is 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 14. Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your children here? He said, there remains yet the youngest. Behold, he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with a handsome face and a good appearance. Yahweh said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the middle of his brothers. Then Yahweh's spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now Yahweh's spirit departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from Yahweh troubled him. So we briefly talked about the introduction to David the other day and how David compared to all of his brothers, was not as impressive, mainly because first and foremost, David was likely a young child here. So some historians say he would have been 10 years old. Some say he would have been as old as 15. But either way, he was probably in that age range. He was probably very young, a preteen or a teenager. Of course, a young child like that is not going to look super impressive. He's not going to look like king material. But yet David was the one who God chose. And David, the name actually means beloved, which is kind of cute. So not only was David the chosen one, but he was also beloved by God. And, you know, sometimes I think that our names, what we were named is not a coincidence. Sometimes I think it was God ordained what our parents decided to call us. But David means beloved and it very much fits who he was and how much God truly did love David. But David, not only was he a young boy and beloved by God, but he was also a shepherd. And what's really interesting about this is shepherding was not a weak position. It was not a position where you just sat around and did nothing. It was a very difficult position because you had to take care of the sheep. You had to make sure that they did what you wanted them to do. And if you guys know anything about sheep, they do what they want to do. (laughs) I was watching um, 
Clarkson Farm with my husband a couple months ago. And my husband and I were just cracking up over the sheep that, that Jeremy Clarkson ended up getting because the sheep were always doing something so stupid. And Jeremy Clarkson just could not figure out why the sheep were doing this very stupid thing. Like he'd build fences to keep them enclosed in an area and the sheep would destroy the fence and like fly over it and go into the road and just do all sorts of very silly things. And Clarkson was like at his wits end trying to get these sheep herded and he'd be like yelling at the sheep. He'd be like, why are you doing this? Why do you keep jumping the fence? Sheep are notoriously stupid. They are stubborn. They want to do their very own thing. They don't listen. They lead each other off of a cliff. They lead each other into the middle of the road. They are not smart animals. And that is why a shepherd is needed in order to corral all of these sheep, because otherwise sheep would just kill themselves. And I'm pretty sure it's also dangerous for a sheep to go on its back, which happens quite a lot also, because the sheep won't be able to roll over and get back up. So sheep just don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't have self-preservation. So a shepherd is needed. And it's very difficult to take care of sheep because you need to be able to guide them. You need to be able to watch over them. You need to learn how to birth the, the baby sheep. You need to be very physically fit in order to do the job. Not to mention, you need to be courageous because back in these days, there were lions everywhere. There were coyotes everywhere that wanted to come in and destroy the sheep. So David, a potentially young 10-year-old boy, was a full-time shepherd who would be fighting off lions and bears and coyotes and wolves and whatever else wanted to come and eat his sheep. So imagine putting your 10-year-old boy into that task. And the fact that David, a young boy, was the one who was actually doing all of that work also shows that Jesse's family, David's family, was not very rich at all because typically a servant would do that kind of work. Shepherding was not looked at as, you know, a prestigious role. It was actually looked down upon as the servant's duty. And so David, a young boy, was the one who did this servant's duty. So David was learning all sorts of life skills while he was out shepherding these sheep. He was learning how to use a slingshot to ward off bears and lions and wolves that wanted to take his sheep. He was probably likely very strong, very physically fit doing that role. He learned about the nature of sheep, which is very important because if you look at the nature of sheep, Jesus compares them to human beings. <laughs> Jesus himself actually said when he was on earth that the people were like sheep without a shepherd. So basically individuals that were just leading each other off of a cliff, getting stuck on their backs all the time, not being able to function in life because they had no shepherd. So David is learning all of these life skills. He's becoming physically fit. He's learning how to use a slingshot. He's also in his downtime learning how to play music. So he was a very good musician and singer and songwriter and, and poem writer. He was learning that he was able to be out in God's creation all the time and breathe the clean air and look at the 
the landscape and appreciate everything God did. So all of this, even though it was technically considered the servant's position, God was using that lowly position he put David in, in order to teach him life skills that would be used later on when he became the king of Israel. But not only was shepherding a place for David to learn life skills, it was also a place of humility that God put David in. It was a humble position that was looked down on. And even here, Jesse totally forgets about his youngest son. He, he doesn't even care that David is still out working in the fields when Samuel is here trying to have a feast with Jesse and all of his sons. Jesse's like, oh, here's my sons right here. And he doesn't even remember that David is not there. That just shows how David's family totally forgot about him. So he was in a humble role. He was a young little boy that had to do this. And his family didn't even seem to really care about him. To the point where Samuel actually has to say something to Jesse. He's like, I've seen all your sons and yet God didn't choose any of these. So do you have another son that you're not telling me about? And Jesse's like, oh yeah, yeah, I do have one more, don't I? (laughs) And so he brings David in from the fields because Samuel's like, I'm not eating dinner with you guys until you bring David in. And then that's where David is introduced as a nice looking young boy with a handsome face, a good appearance, and also he was ruddy. And I didn't explain what that meant the other day. And nobody really knows what it means from my understanding. I've heard many different interpretations of the word ruddy, but it definitely had something to do with the complexion of the skin. But a lot of people don't know if it was David was light skinned or he was red skinned or Josephus, actually, the Jewish historian says that ruddy meant yellow. So David had like a yellow tint to his skin. But either way, ruddy just had something to do with the complexion of the skin. And it was probably something like David had a unique skin tone that other people of this time period just didn't have. So could have been fair, could have been yellow, could have been red, something like that. Just a unique skin tone. So once Samuel sees David, God tells him, arise and anoint this one. This is the one who God has chosen. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the middle of his brothers. The brothers probably have no clue what is happening here, by the way, because it kind of insinuates that they had no clue what was happening. First and foremost, Samuel had never said exactly why he was in Bethlehem and exactly what he was doing. It was almost like a secret mission that Samuel was doing. In fact, it was secret because Saul couldn't know about this. Because if Saul knew about it, then he would actually have Samuel killed and likely David killed as well if he found out. So all of this was kind of hush-hush. But Josephus, once again, the the Jewish historian, my mom was uh, gracious enough to lend me her book, The Works of Josephus, Complete and Unabridged. And it's literally everything that Josephus, the historian, ever wrote about the history of the Bible, which is kind of cool. So I looked up to see what Josephus had to say about today's passage of scripture. He mentions that it's possible that Samuel told David and David alone what he was doing. Like he whispered it in David's ear as he was anointing David with the oil. The brothers probably just think that David, for some reason, is being honored. And they don't know why. 
They probably don't really care that much. They might be jealous that they're not getting honored. They might be irritated that the youngest is getting honored instead of the oldest. Who knows what's happening in the brothers' minds? But most likely, they did not know that David was being anointed to become the next king of Israel. So Samuel anoints David. But this next part is even more important than the anointing itself. It says, Then Yahweh's spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So with the anointing of the oil that Samuel did for David to anoint him as the next king, God's spirit actually departed from King Saul and came to David. And on that day forward, God's spirit was with David, but he was not with Saul anymore. Instead, it says that in verse 14, Yahweh's spirit departed from Saul and an evil spirit from Yahweh troubled him. This verse actually confuses a lot of people because how can God send an evil spirit to somebody? There are a handful of Yahweh followers or Christians that are mentioned in scripture that experience demonic oppression. Like Paul, the guy we are studying in the book of Acts currently on the New Testament side of stuff, he experienced demonic oppression. And he said that the reason he experienced it was so that he would not grow arrogant and so that he would learn to trust in God's grace. So the great Paul himself experienced demonic oppression. Job, one of the most honest and righteous men ever mentioned in scripture at all, experienced a ton of demonic oppression. His entire family died. He lost everything. He lost all of his finances. His, he even lost his health. His entire skin, his skin was just like covered in boils. He experienced severe demonic oppression. And in both of those cases, with Paul and with Job, God actually allowed those evil spirits to torment those two men. And in the end, it was all for the glory of God, because both Job and Paul learned from that oppression of those evil spirits that they experienced. So God is now allowing Saul to be oppressed or troubled by this evil spirit. And notice that it doesn't say at any point in time that Saul was possessed. Christians can be oppressed by the demonic, but they can never be possessed by the demonic. And notice that Saul here, it does not say that he was possessed. It says he was troubled by an evil spirit. Other versions might say something like tormented by an evil spirit. But make sure to notice that it's the evil spirit doing the tormenting, not God. Now, God was allowing this oppression of Saul by this evil spirit. And it could have been for a couple reasons. The first reason being that God was allowing Saul to have what he truly wanted. Saul's heart was never for God. And so the Holy Spirit departed from Saul because Saul never wanted the Holy Spirit. He was fighting against the Holy Spirit left and right. He was just not listening to the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit told him to do. And so instead, God sent Saul, an evil spirit, to oppress him because he was trying to teach a lesson to Saul. Saul, if you don't want the Holy Spirit, this is what you get in return. So in a way, God was giving Saul over to his own 
desires. Now, God himself cannot do evil. He is not evil. He cannot do evil. But evil spirits do, in fact, exist in the world, the fallen angels. And these evil spirits can sometimes be used by God, even though they are evil, to teach a person a lesson. Hence, Job, Paul, and Saul right here. So even though these things are evil, God can still use them for good. In fact, God can use anything for good. But the second reason why Yahweh allowed this evil spirit to torment Saul was so that Saul would eventually get introduced to David. It was because of this exact event that Saul met David. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode on Monday. So stay tuned for that. And I hope that you all have a really fantastic weekend. Please don't forget to check out all the links listed in the description of this episode. And also share this episode on your social media platforms if you enjoyed it this morning. Guys, I will see you all on Monday. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,